It's time to watch your favorite TV program. Hit record on your VHS player. Tune in your NES and join Alan Price and Chris Vint with their views as we deploy Operation Retroshock. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Operation Retroshock. Is Jericho? He's got it in one. Did you get it, everybody? <laughs> but I guessed. I guessed correctly. I, I guessed correctly as well. Maybe but you should introduce yourself before you go any further. I be Alan Price, and I be Chris Vint. And why are we talking I be? Because we are awesome, and we can skip words in our grammar. I see. Just so I know, because there may be new people listening since we have a Chris Jericho interview. I was trying not to be as random as normal, but if we are, love us for it. Don't hate us, love us for being around, because we normally are. So what are we going to be doing today in episode Y2J? Episode Y2J is going to be off the chain. Ugh. This is the biggest episode in our history. Obviously, <laughs> uh, kind of a big guest, would you say? A big guest? Just a little bit. A big guest? Just a bit, yeah. No, a big guest. Yeah. We have Mr. Chris Jericho, the lead singer of Fozzy, and of course a WWE superstar, undisputed champion, multiple intercontinental champion, and so many accolades to his name that you could spend pretty much the length of one of our shows just explaining those. <laughs> yeah. But uh, what we have planned for this show is. Obviously, we are going to sit down, speak with Chris about uh, his upcoming UK tour with Fozzy, which we cannot wait to yes, go which to. Yes, we will give the date after the Chris Jericho interview, so that after you've listened to that, you can see where he's playing near you, and I know he's going to Australia. Get I mate. Um, down in December time. I don't know why I'm still talking Australia. You're but doing anyway. pretty good with it. Yeah, but uh, he'll be going down there. He be, see, he be. There we go again, he be. Um, he is obviously going to um, Australia, so and obviously I'll probably be turning the US as well at some stage. Yes, but not only that, uh, we will be talking about, uh, obviously, some of his experiences with WWE, favourite matches, all that sort of stuff, but also because... We are Operation Retroshock. We decided to ask Chris some questions about things he liked when he was growing up. Some retro memories of his own. And it has to be said that one of his hardest questions was the song one. Yes, which didn't surprise me because yeah. he is very, very, what would you say? Musically minded. Yes, exactly. So he doesn't look at songs from maybe a normal person's out looked at oh that song's really cool he thinks of it as a musician yes and that's where his love comes from for those um, but uh, do you think we should get this thing underway and get I them all here I think we should yeah so we shall go to the break and we will come back with the man himself Chris Jericho see you after the break Hi, my name is James Etook, and you're listening to Operation Retroshock, which covers all things retro, much like Serial Geek magazine. Head over to SerialGeek.com to buy the glossy magazine dedicated to the cartoons of the 80s, like He-Man, She-Ra, Transformers, Thundercats, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, G.I. Joe, etc., etc. 
I'm sorry, I'm really embarrassed, but who are you? Because, I mean, I know Lillian, I know Stu, the cameraman, I know Mark Eaton, the timekeeper, I know Freddie selling popcorn in the 15th row, but I'm not really too sure... Oh, wait. I know you. I know you. You are Santino! That's Santino. Santana. Santino. Sandusky. Santino. Santico. Santino. Santoco. Santino. Santokyo. Santino. Sandadista. Santino. Santa Maria. Santino. San Luis Obispo. Santino. Tuxedo. Santino. Tuxedo. Santino. 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 Well, no kidding. Everyone knows your name is Santino. You make me so frustrated. I'm so mad. Welcome back from the break, everybody, to Operation Retroshock. Uh, we have a hell of a huge guest for you all today, as promised. Uh, I could introduce this individual, but uh, I would not be able to do him justice at all, so I will let him introduce himself. Hi, this is MC Hammer. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. We can't speak to this bad guy, apparently. Um, so, how are you today, Mr. Hammer? <laughs> Too legit to quit, man. You know how it is. <laughs> um, Mr. Jericho, obviously this is Chris Jericho. Unfortunately, it's not MC Hammer, but I think Chris Jericho is a bit bigger than that, MC Hammer. Thanks for the investment. Almost as good. <laughs> um, Mr. Jericho, we just want to sincerely thank you. It's truly an honour and a privilege. Um, we've been counting the hours and counting the minutes to sit down and talk to you. Um, we just sincerely thank you for coming on the show just to give us your your thoughts on um, things retro and things wrestling, but primarily um, to do with your Fozzy UK tour. So um, just thank you so much, and I'll kick it off with the first question. Thank you, okay. That's what we're here for, Matt. <laughs> Uh, the the first, time ever, first time someone's ever introduced the first question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the main reason you're here, obviously, it's to promote the Fuzzy Let the Madness Begin tour, and you're appearing near us in Belfast on October 14th. How excited are you for this tour, and is there any special memories you have from touring the UK with Fuzzy? Well, the UK is like our second home at this point. This is our uh, eighth tour of, of the UK, and uh, we haven't been to Ireland since I think 2005 so we're really excited to return I remember the, the shows were just crazy in Belfast and Dublin and really happy to be coming back to Ireland it was one of the places we wanted to return to so um, yeah like I said I think for whatever reason people in the UK just like Fozzy they, they, they like what they like I mean, there's not as much of a trendy thing going on in the UK so maybe that's one of the reasons why we do so good I don't know but uh, we're really happy to come back and blow some people's heads off with some of our new material and, and I think uh, I think from the response we've been getting so far it's it's, it's, it's working both ways everyone's excited to, that we're coming back and we're excited to be there Absolutely Okay So embarking on another tour must be very fulfilling but um, how did um, Fozzie come about? How did the band get put together? Well it's been 10 years now that we've been doing this so um, it's been a long a long 
you know, a long road, a long process, and the band is growing more and more every day, which is great. How many bands that have been around for 10 years continue to get bigger? So it's been uh, really, like I said, rewarding for us to, to see us get to this point, and um, especially for me, because I've been a musician way longer than I've been a wrestler. I've been playing in bands since I was 12 years old, so it's, uh, it was one of my dreams. I wanted to be a wrestler, and I wanted to be in a rock and roll band, so I'm getting a chance to, to do both of those things. So, uh, yeah, like I said, after 10 years of being in the band and, and touring the world a number of times, it can just continues to get bigger, and then the band keeps growing, and our fan base keeps growing, so it's, um, like I said, getting a chance to, to come overseas and, and play for, for everybody is, is something I don't take lightly, and uh, we're really, really looking forward to it. We've been working really hard and getting the band in fighting shape and, and getting ready to tear some people's heads off. Sweet, sweet. Uh, obviously, like we said, uh, Fozzie has a lo- loyal following here in the UK, so much so you even filmed a music video the last time you were here. Um, obviously, yeah. you said that the UK fans, they're very into it and that sort of stuff, but how do UK fans differ from the likes of the American fans when it comes to seeing your shows? I found a little bit more, uh, a little bit crazier, a little bit louder, a little bit more rowdy, and um, I don't know if that's just because that's the way the people in the UK are anyways, or <laughs> the band that does that, maybe it's us, but uh, e- either way, it, it, I always end up end the show covered in sweat, which is a good thing, I mean, and in, in, not that I don't do that every night, but just something about the UK, is, there's a special vibe to, uh, and not just Ireland, but England, Scotland, Wales, all, all the places in the United Kingdom. It just, so it's a really cool atmosphere, and, and we love playing. I mean, people say, why don't you do more touring in the, in the States? Or, yeah, we could do that, but we just we, we like coming back to the UK. I don't know really what the reason for that is, but, you know, the shows are always great. The shows are always sold out. The, the reactions are awesome. So uh, there's no reason why we don't want to keep coming back, you know, as much as we can. So it's just a really different, uh, more of an energetic, exciting vibe than, than anywhere else in the world, for sure. Okay. Um, obviously, there's um, been uh, computer games like Guitar Hero and Rock Band, but if you were to be approached and to put one Fozzy song in Guitar Hero, what song would you pick and why? I, I think we'd be perfect for Guitar Hero because we have so many solos and so many great riffs. I mean, Rich Ward is, is a great uh, songwriter. So from this record, I think maybe, uh, I think Let Them, uh, Let Them Madison game would be cool. There's some really chunky riffs on that. I think Martyr Moore has a great solo on it. Uh, under Black and Skies, Wormwood, there's a lot of tunes you could choose from it, uh, to, you know, because, like I said, the, our guitar players are really good, there's a lot of intricate stuff, so I think it would be perfect to be on Guitar Hero. Get us on there. You can be <laughs> I said, everybody get out there and get posting on the Guitar Hero forums that will want Fozzie in the next Guitar Hero game. Plenty of time yeah. in the next years. It's funny, too, because people, I guess there's a program, or maybe people just do it because they're bored, that they can create their own Guitar Hero uh, songs. So I think I've seen Wormwood, I've seen To Kill a Stranger, I've seen a couple of them up on YouTube where people are, are, are playing it, I guess they just download their own versions of songs or something. So it's cool to see. It's, it's fun to watch people play our, our songs that they they've had to create themselves. Cool. Uh, obviously you're on the road quite a bit uh, with the WWE. How do you and the guys come up with fresh material for the band with you touring so much? Well, I mean, you go in cycles, you know. Um, our last record, we didn't do, which were our third and fourth record, there was a five-year uh, lull, uh, so, you know, we had a lot of time to get to get the songs ready and get them right and get them going the way we wanted them to be. So, uh, and that's the key for us, we don't rush, and I do all the lyrics, and Rich does the, the, the music and the melodies, and it's a good, 
it's a good uh, chemistry between the two of us. So uh, we just kind of, we do a record and we tour as much as we can on it. And then when it's time to do another record, we do it. And this time we're not going to take five years. We're going to start working on a new record uh, early 2011. So there's going to be some new Fozzie stuff coming up within a year for sure, which is important because this record did a lot for us. Chasing the Grail was a big hit. Um, it was, you know, critically acclaimed and did very well worldwide, so we want to continue to build on that momentum, which is what we've always done, and that's why we've been around for 11 years at this point. Okay. Uh, we recently read on Twitter that uh, somebody has been inducted into the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame, so congratulations with that. Um, yeah. Your your first appearance on WWE TV was very memorable, as you had a, such an awesome verbal exchange with The Rock, um, as was your return being teased with so, so often with the brilliant um, videos. Do they both hold a special place in your heart? Oh, yeah, obviously, of course. Um, I mean, the cool thing about it was that I had a lot of input into both of them. The both of them were, were my ideas to begin with uh, that were built upon by a bunch of different creative people, but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I always like the show business aspect of, 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 of the wrestling business more than the physical aspect and that that's why I mean you know being the, the singer Fozzie is the same a lot of the same elements as being you know Chris Jericho in the, in the WWE they're both very high intense uh, high energy forms of entertainment that are very much dependent on what kind of reaction you get from, from the crowd and something I've been able to really do well over, over, over the years is be able to control the crowd and make them have a good time make them get into it influence them to have, have fun so um, you know whether uh, whether it's, it's music or wrestling there's a lot of the same techniques that you use to, to entertain people make sure they'll buy a ticket to see you when you come to town okay cool um, you had a match with uh, HBK at Wrestlemania 19 uh, you've said this is one of your favourite matches uh, since your return has any bout uh, come anywhere close to topping this match? Um, yeah I think so I mean there's been quite a few great matches that I've had and, and that's the thing it's like having you know, one of your favourite songs like, what's your favourite Fozzie song well I, I don't know I wrote all of them so they're all <laughs> children. same thing with a match what's your favourite match well there's a lot of good ones, and that one always stands out because it was WrestleMania. But um, there's been there's been plenty of great matches and great moments uh, that, that I've had. I guess it just depends on, on what day it is and which one you like better. Okay. Um, on the Monday Night Wars DVD, you said that uh, being in WCW was kind of being like in the Wizard of Oz, being in black and white, and whenever you came to the WWE, it was suddenly color. Um, what was the one shining moment that you would say you had in WCW? There's, there's quite, there's lots. I mean, like I said, I was there for three years, and it wasn't the, the most opportune place for a younger guy to be. But it was still a lot of fun. There's a lot of great bits. I mean, I love the, you know, some of the promos that I was doing. With some, you know, the man of a thousand four holes and the conspiracy <laughs> victim and all that sort of stuff from the entertainment standpoint. Because, like I said, to me, uh, wrestling is always show business. You know, it's entertainment, um, mm -hmm. the same way that music is. So. I always was into more of that side of the coin, you know, getting lost underneath this, uh, getting lost uh, backstage, or, you know, match-wise, there's a lot of great matches. The um, mask match I had with Juventud Guerrero, or some ones that have Eddie Guerrero, and um, so it was, you know, you look back on it, and it was all part of the growing uh, process and all part of the experience of becoming, you know, a, a superstar, I guess you'd say. So WCW is a very important part of that journey, and I'm, I'm proud of my time there, and I enjoyed it in retrospect, so... Uh, there's a lot of great, great moments there, for sure. 
Okay. Cool. Uh, your first book ended with you moving to the WWE. Uh, how enjoyable was it to write, obviously, the second book that'll be coming out in the near future? Uh, personally, it was one of my uh, most favorite uh, autobiographies I've ever read. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, like I said, and that's why I wrote it that way. I, I didn't want it to be just a wrestling book because, you know, fans of Chris Jericho or fans of wrestling will like the book either way. I wanted it to be broader than that and write it mm-hmm. for uh, people who maybe didn't know anything about wrestling, who didn't care about wrestling. It's more of a of a follow your dreams coming of age uh, you know worldwide travel story more than anything so I think that's why the book was as big of a hit as it was because it was it appealed to more than just a box of, of, of wrestling and um, it was great to be able to write it and it's, it's, it was and I just put the finishing touches the final details yesterday on a new book which is called Undisputed um, which comes out in the States in February. I'm not sure if it comes out in the UK in February as well. So I'm sure it's pretty close to that. But that's also, I mean, I think it might even be better than the first one because uh, just the stories are, are, I don't even know why. It just, just it flows so much better and there's so much great stuff. And once again, it's not just a wrestling book. I mean, there's just as much stuff about it, about uh, Fozzie in there as there is about wrestling. And then those stories are just entertaining and just as ridiculous because it's the same <laughs> thing. You know, you, you kind of, have this dream and how do you create the dream and then there's two stages of the dream you know from disputed the wrestling dreams in the second stage was the the music careers in the first stage so it, it kind of mirrors a lot of stuff that happens in a lion's tale happening undisputed with fozzy uh it's just the fact that it was 10 years later so um i i think it's i think it's a masterpiece i think it's better than 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 a lion's tale i'm really proud of it i'm excited for everybody to get a chance to check it out and read it because there's some great stories and once again it's just the next the extension of Chris Jericho's life and these dreams that I had and how I made them come true and you know the fact that I had two autobiographies released before I even turned 40 is kind of a cool, uh, cool <laughs> thing to be able to say Fantastic looking forward to that one uh, One of your creations Money in the Bank made a huge impact on the grandest stage of them all uh, which is Wrestlemania of course and is now a full-fledged WWE pay-per-view um, How good was it to develop this and also participate in these incredible matches? Well, I've been in three of them now, and it's interesting to me how they continue to, uh, you know, at this point, say, well, what, what else can be done? But guys always come up with new ideas and come up with creative ways to do them, and but not easy matches. They're very hard to do because there's so many people involved, but mm-hmm. it's cool to see that it's become such a success that it was actually even, you know, begat its own pay-per-view. And uh, I didn't, you know, I created that with uh, with Brian Gewertz, one of the, the raw writers, and just basically it was out of necessity I mean the stories in, in the new book actually I wasn't doing anything for Wrestlemania and we were trying to figure out something for me to do and one thing led to another and that's kind of what came up, came up. so uh, yeah Money in the Bank is, is, it's, it's always a great match it's always very creative and exciting but they're hard to do and I'd be happy if I never had to do another one again <laughs> uh, you were part of a hilarious uh, Price is Right sketch uh, with Bob Barker on Raw uh, what would you describe as one of your funniest moments in front of the camera? Well, that was one of them. That was one of my favorite moments. Like I said, it's, it's show business and entertainment for me. Um, and that was, you know, I, I love that bit because I was so serious uh, for about a year at that point in time. So to be able to kind of let my hair down, so to speak, and do some comedy with, with Barker was, was one of my favorite moments because he was really funny. And just the... You know, the dichotomy between Bob Barker, 80 year old man, and Jericho, you know, 38 year old <laughs> guy, you know, threatening to physically beat him up, and Bob Barker standing up to him, and just the whole concept of it was ridiculous. And 
I definitely, I definitely thought it was one of my favorite favorite bits that I've ever done for sure. Okay. Um, obviously, you're talking about the entertainment industry with you getting your own show, Downfall. Um, do you think Downfall will be um, a TV show to remember in years to come, uh, due to with it being so unique? Um, I'm not sure. I mean, it was very unique, and, and people enjoyed it uh, when it was when it was you know kind of the concept of it and everything. And but a lot of people didn't like it because they were really angry that you would you know destroy these things. And, uh, but to me, I, I think my performance will be remembered. I think it's very been, been very beneficial and will lead to a lot more things in that genre and in that realm in Hollywood. And it's a chance for me to show, uh, you know, the, for whatever reason, Hollywood is very uh, reluctant to let wrestling wrestling guys in, into its inner circle. And it gave me a real good chance to show that I'm not a wrestling guy, I'm an entertainment guy, and it's a show business type of vibe more than anything else. So uh, I was really fortunate to get that gig, and I did a lot of work to get it. I'm very happy that I did because, like I said, it really showed a whole different side of what I do that opened a lot of people's eyes to who Chris Jericho is as an entertainer. Sweet. I absolutely love Downfall. Uh, we haven't never had it shown over here in the UK, but uh, uh, I watched the first episode and was absolutely hooked from there. Um, I went down, tracked it, and tracked it, and I couldn't get enough of it. So uh, hopefully it is remembered in years to come for sure. Um, obviously, uh, very soon due for release in the UK uh, via SilverVision.co.uk and WWEShop.com for the USA and Canada is your three-disc set breaking the code behind the walls of Chris Jericho. And this is something the fans have wanted for ages. Um, are you surprised it didn't happen any sooner? I'm not, I'm not, no, I'm not. I mean, I was asking why we hadn't done a Jericho DVD, but uh, you know, everything happens for a reason. Timing is everything, so. Uh, I think because I've been such a, a dick over the last couple of years that you know maybe that's one of the reasons why they didn't want to put out a DVD because they didn't think people would buy because I've been such a bad guy. But I think at this <laughs> point in time, good guy, bad guy, the, the character of Chris Jericho has been around for so long in this business. I mean, 20 years uh, as of October. That I mean, there's so much material that they could use for it, and they own pretty much all of it. So uh, I, I don't mind the fact that we had to wait because the, the DVD is incredible. It's one of the best ones that I've seen. Obviously, I'm biased, but I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> but just the fact that they had so much stuff to choose from, it really turned out good. And I, I put a lot of time and effort into it and made sure that you know everything that you see on there has been approved by me. Or uh, you know, so it, it really, it's uh, I'm really proud of it. I'm looking once again, looking forward to to having everybody check that out and see and and, and, and see the not only the matches but the documentary is great too. So. Um, you know, you have that many years under your belt. It's just a matter of time before uh, they put a DVD out, and this one's worth the wait. I, I think. Yeah, I also hear that there's a, a little skit with a certain Stone Cold Steve Austin, which you particularly enjoyed. Um, why was this so memorable for you? Well, one, I mean, this, this is how it used to be that um, you know, after the show was done, whoever was left out in the ring would do some kind of an improv comedy bit, either with Austin or Rock or Jericho or. Uh, Hunter or Angle, you know, whoever was around had some personality would kind of go to the ring and just whatever happened happened. And <laughs> Steve and I would, would do that all the time. And there was, uh, I remember, there was this great little exchange. It was about 15 minutes long, all improv comedy. We just made it all up on the spot, and it was one of the funniest things I'd ever been involved in. And as soon as we were done, it was in, it was in Tucson after a, Tucson after a RAW. As soon as it was done, I said, you know, I want to I want to get a tape of that because if I ever have a DVD, I want to put it on there. And seven years later, when they told me I was having a DVD, I had a tape, <laughs> and, and it was like, wow, I forgot about how good this was and how funny it was. 
and nobody has ever seen it. The only people that would know anything about it were the eight thousand people or whatever that were in uh, that were in um, uh, the, in the arena that night in Tucson. So it's it's a really cool kind of a time capsule showing how it used to be because we don't do stuff like that anymore for whatever reason. But this really uh, turned out great, and I'm glad we we included it. And that's another reason why I like the DVD. And there's a lot of stuff that. You know, obviously, there's always so many matches. People have seen the matches before, and, but the, that that and a few of the things, you know, a few of the bits like that that no one's ever seen is what makes it really special for me. Okay. Well, since this is Operation Retroshock, we want to know more about Chris Jericho whenever he was growing up. So I'm going to ask you some questions here. You know, like what your favorite things were whenever you were growing up as a child. So just um, answer whatever first comes to, first springs to mind. So whenever you were growing up, what was your favorite film? I love the Indiana Jones movies. Uh, they're they're always great. I loved uh, you know Spinal Tap was a, was a, was a great influence for me. But um, you know the Star Wars movies, they're all cool. Terminator, pretty much all the standard movies that the guys from my generation <laughs> love. Cool. Uh, what about a favorite cartoon? Uh, probably Bugs Bunny. I think. Okay. One of my favorites. Favorite comic book? Batman. <laughs> uh, favorite music track? Dude, hard to say. I mean, <laughs> I, I love the Beatles. I love Iron Maiden. I love Metallica. So, uh, songs from bands from those bands for sure. Okay. Um, favorite computer game? Pac-Man. <laughs> cool. Uh, I'm a big ice hockey fan. Do you have a favorite ice hockey moment? Not really, because my team is always so bad. The Winnipeg Jets—they never <laughs> won anything. So it was more of like a heartbreaking hockey moments more than anything. Oh. And uh, favorite wrestling match um, that you're not involved in that you watch as an observer? Um, just to go back a bit, I think "Battery" by Metallica is probably my favorite song when I was growing up. So. Okay. Uh, and as far as uh, I think I loved the, the WrestleMania 3 uh, Steamboat versus Savage match that was the one that I liked the best from from when I was a, a teenager that one just was, blew me away it still is one of the best matches of all time so that's the one I'm going with nice uh, okay final question uh, what can we expect from Chris Jericho with Fozzie and any other interests outside of music in the near future um, I mean, just to continue doing what I'm doing now. Like I said, I love to entertain, and, and whether it's wrestling or, or Fozzy or writing a book or acting, uh, it all comes from, from the same place. So just to continue to uh, do what I do, which is uh, be you know be, be an entertainer to the best of my abilities and make sure that people uh, want to buy tickets to see Chris Jericho whenever I come to town in whatever capacity it is. Okay. Um well, obviously, we'll have a link up of all the um, all the um, venues that you'll be playing at and everything, uh, including, uh, I believe you're doing the VIP package available as well, which is awesome for people to actually get to meet um, Chris Jericho and my man Fozzie and the entertainer and stuff. But, uh, Mr. Jericho, we just want to sincerely thank you for coming on and um, giving us some time just to sit down and um, have a chat with you. Um, Alan and I wish you nothing but the best of success with um, the Fozzie tour, both in the UK and the one in Australia at the tail end of the year just um, thank you so much it's been a pleasure to talk to you I appreciate it man. we're excited to come back to Ireland like I said in Belfast for sure uh, it's a great town and um, it's been a long time so we are ready to come over and say hi to all our own, uh, say hi to all of our old friends and, and make some new ones and get everybody's ass and have a great rock and roll party we're ready to do it well we're looking forward to it because we'll be there 
Yeah, I, I remember the last. I remember the last one. Whenever you were talking about sweating and stuff, remember you had like this little vest thing on and took it off, and you just saw the sweat actually dripping out of it. So crazy! I remember it was just like so hot and just yeah, just that. So we're excited. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, join us after the break. Uh, whenever we'll be discussing more things pertaining to Chris Jericho. What's up, folks? You are listening to Operation Retro Shock with Crazy Cool Chris Vent and Awfully Awesome Alan Price. If one of your favorite retro memories happens to be Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, then by all means, check out Radical Retro Turtle Toy Talk on PopCultureNetwork.com. Every week we get reacquainted with old friends from the original Playmates TMNT toy line. Fab Four fans, new and old, won't be sorry for checking it out. That's Radical Retro Turtle Toy Talk, and you can only find it on PopCultureNetwork.com. Welcome back from the break. No, welcome back from the break and the epicness that was Chris Jericho. Sorry, MC Hammer. MC Hammer, yes. Yeah. It was actually uh, such an honour to sit down and speak with MC Hammer, you know, yeah. get to hear some of his thoughts and the music industry. So we have some turdiates for MC Hammer? Oh no, we have turdiates for Chris Jericho, because MC Hammer, he's a priest or something now, isn't he? Is he really? Yeah, he used to sell bikes, from what I remember. Whoa, that, yeah. that's... I, and then I don't people, know what to say to that. People came in and started going to go to the bell. I went, Oi! Can't touch this. Move it. <laughs> oh, come on. That was good. You have to give me that. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> but like Chris said, we have some tour dates to let everybody know about uh, in regards to Fuzzy and their UK tour. Now, just let everybody know that each of these tour dates, there is a super fan VIP package. Uh, subject to availability, uh, I think that's what is it, 20 about Yes, per 20 show? per show, yeah. 20 so per extremely show. Extremely limited. But uh, that includes obviously a ticket to the concert, dinner, group conversation, and pictures, uh, pictures, pictures <laughs> uh, with Fozzie. Uh, you would provide your own camera, of course, for that. You get autographed picture, you get an autographed Fozzie t shirt, and early entry into the performance uh, venue for the actual sound check, which that's, I think is pretty neat. That's awesome. So that is. is pretty neat. Like, yeah. but of course, obviously, the meeting is the biggest part of that meeting. It would be, yeah. I mean, it's not every day you would either sit down and talk to Chris Jericho or or go and meet we did, Chris though. Jericho. <laughs> yes, we did, and to meet Chris Jericho would be even better. Yep, absolutely. But uh, we'll run through the dates here. These are all. This is October. 
of uh, 2010. There's a couple, of, there's two extra, there's two dates as well that uh, kind of stand out. Well, there's three dates. Three two. dates, yeah. Yeah, three. There's three that kind of stand out. One for us, and two, which you'll understand why Towards in a moment. Um, so, the 9th of October, they, the band is in Camberley. 10th is Cardiff at the Millennium Hall. Uh, 11th is Sheffield. 12th is Middlesbrough. 13th is Edinburgh. 14th is Belfast. I've never heard of that place before in my life. <laughs> 15th is Dublin. 16th is Manchester. 17th is Leicester. 18th is Norwich. And the first of the two special editions of the show is 19th in Southampton. And the next one is the 20th in Yeovil. Those two are special because a certain friend of ours, yes, Mr. Lawrence Case, who joined us earlier in our run of Operation Retroshock to discuss Ghostbusters, mm-hmm. his band, Voodoo Vegas, is supporting Mr. Jericho and Fozzie at these two dates. So not only for your money do you get to see Fozzie, but you also get to see a fantastic British band in Voodoo Vegas. We're not saying the other bands aren't good, but obviously we have a, a place in our heart for Voodoo Vegas because we're good friends with Lawrence, so that's why that's why we went for those two dates. So uh, not that you shouldn't check out any of these dates, but obviously if you're living in the Oval or Southampton area, go and check out Chris Jericho and Mr. Lawrence case. There is indeed, though, one final date, and that is the 21st in Margate. But you can go and you can find out all information about those some are Ticketmaster, some are, you know, the specific venues, uh, websites, the likes of the Empire in Middlesbrough, some, you know, the Corporation in Sheffield. But you'll usually be able to track them down by going to Fozzie's website. Yeah, have all the yeah they'll have everything there, that, and you just click on it, and it'll just come up. Um, what we have is we have all the dates, and then below the dates are the links to the various sites that are selling the tickets. Um, tickets aren't that expensive. I think we got ours for, what, £16? £16, and it's fantastic, fantastic value. Yeah, for a, for a night out, good night out, you know, plenty of... Uh, good music and stuff, and just uh, I've seen them before in Belfast, and it was just absolutely. I I was roasting the place; it was so warm. Well, as as Chris said in the interview, mm-hmm. he feels he is a born entertainer. Yes, and he lives up to that in concert. Like yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, right, so that's obviously Fozzy out of the road. Um, so obviously, as well, you've got three um, albums from Fozzie the latest one being Chasing the Grail so you can download that by iTunes mm-hmm. or if you're in the US go to Amazon.com if you're in the UK go to like, play.com or Amazon.co.uk mm-hmm. pick it up there really good listen familiarise yourself with some of their tracks favourite of mine would have to be Enemy so it would um, that was whenever the first time I went to see him that was the one, one song like I knew the majority of the songs but that's the one song that I would listen to over, over and over and over, and over again, again and yeah. just familiar, familiarise myself with the words so whenever he's down there you know singing away and I'm going you you're know, like I, I can join in yeah I can join in I know the song and start clapping my hands and stuff well, I didn't really because I was wearing my dopey and ass client t-shirt as well <gasps> do you have to bleep that no you don't have to bleep that <laughs> no, because I uh, 
let the word jackass pass in the last episode, so I <laughs> think we can get away with the ass <laughs> word now from now on. Okay, well, stop saying it then. Ass. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. So, anyway, what we're going to do now is we're going to move away from Chris Jericho's musical side to what he's probably most recognisable for, yes. which would be his wrestling persona. Now, Alan and I have sat around for, well, since we conducted the interview, thinking, what are our favourite matches of Chris Jericho? And obviously, a lot of his matches are good. One that didn't make the list for me was from Bad Blood 2003, wasn't it? With Goldberg. Yes. Yeah, the first decent match that I actually think I saw Goldberg Well, have. Let's, let's touch on that match quickly, just anyway, for the main reason as to why, even though it didn't make the list, why you felt it should have been, well, an honourable mention anyway, mm-hmm. was, well... Everybody who knows wrestling could understand and no disrespect to a certain Mr. Bill Goldberg. <laughs> but he's not known for his longer matches. No. He's known for his, what, mm, three, maybe four minute steamrollers? Yeah, I think Ultimate Warrior esque. Yes, and obviously the uh, sort of a John Cena repertoire of wide range of moves <laughs> of about five or six <laughs> I think that's being generous <laughs> um, well we have to be generous to John Cena nowadays because he has indeed actually added a drop kick to his arsenal <laughs> oh. well done a round of applause to you there sir um, but yes Chris Jericho managing to have what can be considered a very good match with Bill Goldberg so well done sir you have indeed made everybody proud with that yes but uh, our first match that's in our top Five is his WrestleMania 18 bout versus Triple H, which stands out because, Chris? Because that was the first time you saw the undisputed champion at WrestleMania. Obviously, you saw the Ultimate Warrior at WrestleMania 6, but this is the first person coming in with two belts. This is the WWE... I'll just mute myself there. WWE on one shoulder and the World Heavyweight Championship on the other shoulder. What was the WCW? Because that was the whole yeah. nation of yeah, that. exactly. The undisputed. Yeah. Um, which, you know, you mentioned Ultimate Warrior there, but still, Ultimate Warrior was the, you know, WWE title and the Intercontinental title. Mm-hmm. Whereas the undisputed title was the WWE title and the WCW title. So it was the two world titles. Yeah, and he was, obviously, Chris Jericho was the first undisputed champion, beating The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin in the same one night. night. One night, yes. So, uh, obviously, he was a big, big... I think it was Vengeance 2001, was whenever that happened. It was after Survivor Series. Was it one one or two? Hmm? I think it was one or two, 2001, 2002, was it? Yeah, 2002 would have made more sense since Survivor Series 2002. (laughs) So, Vengeance 2002, yeah, that's whenever he won the belts. So obviously that led into his program with Triple H, uh-huh. and obviously a person who Chris Jericho uh, wasn't particularly a fan of, but no, aligned himself was, with was Triple H's former wife uh, Stephanie McMahon Helmsley. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but obviously like, it was notorious for Chris as well because he had not had the best of relationships in the past with Stephanie as well. Yeah, they had always hated one another. Yes. So that was the added dynamic in the fact that now Stephanie was on the side of Chris Jericho, mm-hmm. something that nobody thought they would ever really see. No. But the uh, thing I find interesting about you know the first undisputed champion in at WrestleMania not being Chris Jericho is the fact that because it's WCW's title and WWE's title, because Chris 
was in WCW and then moved to WWE yeah. that he actually got the honour of being the first undisputed champion of you know what could be considered both companies. Yeah, but that was obviously his first proper. You know, like oh, obviously yeah. he won There's the match. No, there was no greater honour he could have got. Yeah, for his were, first world title run. Yeah, there was like obviously he won uh, the WWF. Um, belt from Triple H, but then had to surrender at that same night. Yes, but this was his. <laughs> this was his first like Genuine proper idea. chance, and you know, like I remember watching whenever um, he was facing. I think it was Austin the last match. Yes, Austin. Um, he was facing that going. Austin's going to win, and then he won. And you're just going, you know, like I think it was Triple H said that nobody expected him to win, yeah. but he took the ball and he ran with it, and you know, like he was a good champion. You know, until obviously, unfortunately, he lost to Triple H. Spoilers, sorry. Oh <laughs> no, that's like what eight years. Yeah. Sorry, sorry about that. But, uh, you should have went and saw WrestleMania fucking eighteen by now. Yeah, and Darth Vader's Luke Skywalker's father. Just in case you didn't know that as well. Might as well go to for Taylor. Like. What? Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh wait, sorry, we did the Star Wars special already. I should have known that. Yes. Episode ten and eleven. Episode ten and eleven in Roman numerals, in fact. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a shame that Triple H had to. I think, I think Chris should have personally had a longer reign in his yeah. initial reign. You know, but that's the way. That's the way Triple it was starting. It was starting the transition was, unfortunately, a shorter run. You don't have like say the Hulk Hogan's who hold on the belt for three years and you know things like that. It does seem to be shorter runs, unfortunately. But it was a good match and I really enjoyed it. Um, and just like it was nice to see Chris Jericho in the main event at WrestleMania. And the thing that always stands out for me that I love is when he has the two belts. Yeah. And he does his pose. Yes. With the yeah. two belts out in both arms, and it's just like that is class. Yeah. Plus the lovely little beard. <laughs> <laughs> Never a fan of beard. <laughs> On his chinny chin. Um, so match number. Four. is the Survivor Series in 2002 a certain match involving HBK, Triple H, Kane RVT, RVT <laughs> RVD and Booker T even. Uh, obviously Chris in this match made it complete and it was the first elimination chamber match and obviously Jericho came to the ring with a different music which yes. was the King of My World with by Saliva which was class I thought because yeah. Saliva were in fact playing the, that live in New York in New York F New York yeah that's right and then it was getting played out in the arena as he was coming down to the ring mm-hmm. and I think it was a case of it made quite a bit of an impact that because everybody had been just used to the same theme for yeah. this for so many years um, and he, he made a hell of an impact in this match because well you wouldn't have expected him not to make an impact in this match simply because the talent that was involved in it yeah. well you know Kane well meh uh, <laughs> Booker T Booker T well five time five time five time five time five time and obviously RVD goes Triple H you don't need to breathe I'll just drop my knee yeah, on, on your, your, on your neck yeah. like come on <laughs> That's what you get for getting high before a main event match, Rob. <laughs> uh, that's uh, just our uh, us being funny. Uh, at no point did we know that RVD was high in uh, well, November of 2002. Pods, didn't we? Yeah, well, kind of more like Bell. Or no, it wasn't really five. But anyway, move on quick. <laughs> 
But uh, obviously, uh, this stuff was notorious for, well, not notorious, notorious is kind of bad, but uh, Shawn Michaels returned to the top. So it was kind of a big thing because obviously HBK had been Chris's kind of idol yes. growing up. Um, obviously, we spoke about uh, Chris and his, you know, thoughts on WrestleMania 19. But uh, we'll move on here to uh, match number three, which is Chris Jericho only. What was he in this match, Chris, at ECW, One Night Stand? Lionheart? Yes. Versus <laughs> Whenever you said it to me, it was just like, is it Lionheart or is it like Youngblood or you something? You were going to say like, Lion-O? <laughs> yeah, Lion-O. <laughs> Lion-O. It was ECW, One Night Stand. Uh, Chris Jericho as Lionheart Chris Jericho versus a certain Lance Storm Storm even on speak right <laughs> never can never get it out of my mouth. if you could be serious for a minute if I could be serious for a minute it's Lance Storm uh, and this was kind of Lance Storm's last ever televised match it's a pretty good match to go out on as well I have to say match it really was Again, this would have been what everybody consider a contributing fact to the reason why ECW was brought back to WWE television was the sheer quality of matches. But big reason for this match being on our list is not only was it Lance Storm's last televised match, but because he was having it with someone like Chris Jericho because of their past together, yeah. that it meant so much for Lance Storm to have this match with Chris I think it would have been the same as well if Lance Storm had the match with say somebody like Edge yeah. you know because obviously Edge being a fellow um, Canadian like Lance Storm and uh, that would have been that and would have got a decent match out of Edge but obviously Chris Jericho um, obviously does a couple of different moves that you, can't, you, you haven't exactly. seen for a while because it's ECW you know it's like a special stage it's kind of like it's it, you have a lot of hardcore fans there who are ECW and I've loved the ECW product since the day an hour it was, you know, it was born. So to bring that back and show people, you know, the matches and see old rivalries, you know, rekindled. Yes. Obviously, it then worked the next year, but then they brought it back. But then it was what like one night stand instead yeah. of ECW one night stand. But you can't have so much of a good thing. And then unfortunately, ECW's. Um, the rebirth of it started well that pay-per-view yes. and it, I think it was mainly done to the rise and fall of ECW DVD yes. which Chris obviously featured on as well uh, and then it went it kind of you know unfortunately went downhill and I think that's what's going to happen in TNA but that's a different that's story a different for a different story day yeah. Um, but yeah the credit has to be given to not only the likes of Chris or Lance but everybody who would be on the card on the one night stand yes. uh-huh. I think you know, obviously there was the resurgence in popularity with ECW as a result of not only the DVD but these pay-per-views. If WWE had maybe just kept it to a pay-per-view per year, yeah, ECW pay-per-view properly would still be going now, even with WWE being PG because pay-per-view it's a selective thing. Yes. So WWE would still get you know the over eighteen demographic buying the pay-per-view and still getting a fantastic you know, pay-per-view buy rate. Mm-hmm. But obviously you'll still get a number of their fans from the lower ages wanting to see, you know, what is ECW. But um, it's a shame that it had to end up going out as it was, but it's still nice to have, have the memory of the likes of that one-night stand pay-per-view. Seeing a different Chris Jericho, um, 
because you have to give it to Chris because there was a certain individual on this pay-per-view he did not have the respect for his original ECW roots and that was a certain Rey Mysterio who came out uh, wearing his normal WWE gear because Chris came out with the Lionheart jacket yeah and all, you know the old style tights yeah all the old throwback yeah um, whereas Ray Ray came out oh look at me I'm in my lovely shiny WWE stuff and he wasn't well received so <laughs> moving on with that <laughs> on to match number two which was No Way Out 2002 versus a certain Mr. Stone Cold Steve Austin what indeed what are your memories of this Christopher the N-N-W-W-O. N W W O. New World Order. N W O. And go to inject poison. That's been some man said. Okay. That's what he said. He was going to inject poison um, into the t- because this was the time Ric Flair was the co-owner, and then Vince said, "Don't let me kill what I've created," and yep. brought the N W O back. So I remember them, you know, saying that, you know. Trying to present Austin with beer and Austin throwing it behind him and go like I'm not thirsty, and then <laughs> just Jericho, um, obviously Jericho and Austin having a good match, and then the NWO coming in, interfering, Jericho getting the win, um, as a good heel does, you know, like using uh, the distractions everything to your advantage and to uh, steal a phrase from a certain edge, uh, ultimate opportunity. Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, yeah. but. Uh, a match between Jericho and Austin, like, you can't go far wrong with those two in the ring? No, you definitely can't. You definitely can't. Both magic on the mic and uh, in the ring as well. Again, something to mention from the interview, the titbit that is going to yeah. be on the Breaking the Code DVD that Chris mentioned. And you could tell in the interview there the passion he had for this titbit for everybody to see yes. it. Yes. Uh-huh. Simply because it's something that does not happen nowadays, and that is... After a show, obviously now on the likes of a Raw or whatever, you have a dark match that maybe only lasts five minutes. And it's like John Cena versus Sheamus. John Cena hits all his moves. Sheamus gets DQ'd. Off you go. <laughs> you know, so John technically wins, but he doesn't win the WWE title. Yeah. Obviously, Sheamus isn't WWE champion anymore, but this is just an example. <laughs> um, but what happened, not only was there maybe a dark match back in the day that... Uh, Chris or Austin or Rock or whoever was involved in, mm-hmm. but they would go out and they would have just what would be considered promo fun. Yeah. And Steve and him bouncing off one another back and forth for 15, 20 minutes. Uh, it's something I can't wait to see. No, no, But it is something that is missing from the company because now you only have people who can talk or people who can wrestle. There is very rare that you can get the two together because. Mm-hmm. Yes, she can say, obviously, John Cena is a personality. And, like, the one person I see at the moment that ha- shows real promise in both categories is The Miz. Yes, yeah. I think The Miz is going to be able to um, speak in the mic, obviously. Well, we've seen he can speak in the mic. But carry matches, I can't wait to see if, you know, he eventually faces the likes of Randy Orton matches. Just see the potential there. Mm-hmm. Um, because... Chris has even spoke on Twitter about who he thinks can carry the company. He's also mentioned the likes of uh, John Morrison. Or he spoke very highly of Goldust as well. He spoke very highly of Goldust because they had a match uh, earlier in the year on SmackDown. And uh, it's something that's a shame that uh, Goldust hasn't had the chance to 
end up going further up again to just let everybody see who he is. And it's a lot of respect from Chris to say that about Goldust when he didn't need to. He doesn't need to say that because Chris Jericho is at the top. Goldust, unfortunately, you have to say, is pretty much, you know, the bottom. Because it's something that his brother is actually probably ranked higher. Yeah, his his much younger brother is ranked much higher than him. Yeah. But the likes of Chris is going to be there in years to come to see the guys who go to the next level because Chris is considered obviously a veteran mm-hmm. but he's just one of the slightly younger veterans that is going to outlast the likes of a Triple H or, or an Undertaker, Undertaker or beyond yeah. just you know maybe by a couple of good few, maybe what three four maybe five years at the mm-hmm. most but it's, it's Chris himself the key thing about Jericho as well is that Jericho rarely gets injured yeah when if you look very at, smart in the ring if you look at Triple H or you look at The Undertaker but it's not necessarily a case of them not being careful oh, it's I a guess. case of them you know Jericho does take time off you know here and there whereas Undertaker is more like a bit apart whereas Rey Mysterio kind of does too much and then injures himself and then Just like we're kind of like going away from what we're because we're, yeah we're talking about that and then we just uh, went away from it but they're um, all valid points at the end of the day oh yeah they're all valid points of course yes but uh, match number one we know <laughs> is of course Wrestlemania 19 Chris Jericho versus HBK I've just thought there's two matches that we haven't listed on here that really should get honourable mentions but we'll talk about them after the HBK match okay fair enough okay um course we mentioned this match to Chris in the interview and Chris has said of course it would be one of his favourites but again trying to pick a favourite match is really like really hard pick, it's like pick, picking your favourite child yeah exactly yeah. Uh, my daughter as <laughs> a comment out of an English movie but uh, Wrestlemania 19 it was built up so big uh, you can see it on the Wrestlemania 19 DVD in the promo building it up you know mm. He was, de- you know, Chris was described as the next Shawn Michaels, and they were showing you clips of like Chris was dressed up similar to say a rocker and all that yeah. sort of stuff. Uh, but then you see Jericho's in the ring with Shawn, and he obviously turns on Shawn, and he's like, you know, I don't want to be the next Shawn Michaels. I want to be the first Chris Jericho. Yeah. And I think that was an astounding build-up to this match mm-hmm. because obviously Shawn wasn't back. You know, a crazy length of time at this stage. No, this was 2003, so he'd only, only been, been back, back from SummerSlam yeah. 2002. So he wasn't even back a year yet. Yeah. So this was Michael's first WrestleMania back mm-hmm. after his big hiatus. And my goodness, it has to be one of my favourite WrestleMania matches simply because, again, the tagline of Mr. WrestleMania and then a talent like Chris Jericho. Yeah, exactly. But it's it's not even that. It's as well. I was thinking of something there, and I've kind of forgot what it was. Oh, I was going to make a really valid point, and it just uh, went away. Wipe now. out, Chris. Yeah, but it's obviously you see them like um, mimicking each other's moves. Yes. You know, like you see Jericho doing. Jericho you know, hits the, the sweet chin music. Yeah, exactly, and you know that kind of thing. Um, Oh yes, that's what it was. It was to do with Royal Rumble and the build-up yes. to it. Royal Rumble in 2003, wherever 
I think HBK was number one and Jericho was number two huh. or something like that. But the J- Christian posed as Jericho mm-hmm. and Jericho snuck up behind him, gave him Lobo and then threw him out of the ring. Uh-huh. And that's where the feud escalated yes. from. So it's just a, f- you know, that's just pure, just, com- that's yeah, pure comedy. The fact that you've done that to get. But the again, it's another interesting and unique way to start a rivalry. Yes, because yeah. obviously playing off the whole point of Shawn Michaels won the Royal Rumble from the number one spot. Yeah. And Jericho's like, ha ha ha! Look what I've done! I've went and threw you out. Yeah. But uh, then, of course, uh, during the match, we have not only a phenomenal match and the back and forthness of it, and HBK with weird hair, of course. Yeah, short hair. Yeah. It's like whenever Rachel from Friends got her hair cut because you used to being really long and you got a cut and you're like that just doesn't sit you and then it's just like you know you see it growing and growing and then it comes back and yeah that's the Shawn Michaels I know <laughs> of course being less hair means it doesn't mean he was a rubbish wrestler or whatever <laughs> you know like he was still a great wrestler just odd hair but uh, I think one of the like the biggest impact from this match was probably at the end. Yes, yeah. Or obviously, it looks like Jericho's broke down. He's like mm-hmm. really emotional. Yes, he's lost, but that he was in such a hell of a battle with what would be considered one of his idols. Yes, yeah. Uh, in the business, and you know they embrace, and you know they're patting each other on the back, and then Jericho just uh, gives uh, gives the HBK a good kick in between the legs. Yeah, and HBK kind of slumps into Jericho's arms like you would see in a movie of like someone shot. Yeah. And it, and Jericho's just holding him, and it's just like poetic uh, heel Jericho. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of I've kind of got the upper hand because you're lying down, you know, like and then like he spits on them and then walks off. Yeah. yeah. But the honourable mentions, the two honourable mentions. Number one was WrestleMania 20 against Christian. Oh yeah. Obviously, this was the whole angle to do with Trish Stratus, mm. which was great. Uh-huh. Uh, really, really good match. Just thoroughly enjoyable. And the other one, I can't remember. It may have been from wrestling. Or it may have been after WrestleMania 26. Whenever he fought his idol, Ricky Steamboat. Oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, and that was just you know, obviously he fought him at WrestleMania 26 with Roddy Piper and uh, Superfly, but you know, um, Steamboat was the one he could kind of hold his own. Yeah. Uh, and that match. Sure that, Jer- sure that led to him and Jericho having their own one-on-one match? That's, but that's the match I'm talking oh, yeah, about. Yeah. That's the one that oh, I would say, you know, that's an honourable yes. mention. Um, you know, I think it was maybe Backlash. Yeah, it was, I think it was a month after, yeah, because yeah. it was it was obviously Piper him and all at uh, WrestleMania. Everybody at WrestleMania was like, you've still got it, you've still got it. And yes, then you yeah. had Raw... Mm-hmm. There was wasn't it like a six man or something like that, and Piper was involved. Not Piper, sorry. Steamboat was involved somewhere because I remember it was like a I think big, it was DX. It was like DX and Cena. And no, wouldn't it be something? Was it? Would it would have been DX? Because that would. I can't been remember exactly, but it was a big number. Tag Cena, match. Cena was there. Yeah, yeah, I know who you mean. And yeah, and yeah. uh, Steamboat got involved in the match, and again, you've still got it. You've still yeah. got it. And then it kicked off between him and Jericho. Mm-hmm. And then him and Jericho had the one-on-one match uh, at the pay-per-view. And you would not believe that Steamboat had been out of wrestling for no. years because it just was... It was what you would expect from a WWE quality, you know, upper mid-card event. You exactly. Know? It's just yeah. like, how the hell did this man retire? It was, mm. But it's brilliant because um, it let you see that 
not and no disrespect to a Ric Flair or even a Hulk Hogan mm-hmm. but that a man of an older age yeah can really still go but, but can again, still again go the credit in the, has to go to Jericho with yeah, but can time. still go with the aerial moves as well. Yes. You know, like it was, you know, where it was a Ric Flair, you would see doing the backdrop and doing the figure four and doing Same the chops. Thing. You know, whereas obviously you haven't seen Steamboat in the ring for too long, and you're seeing a lot of different things. And you know, it would be exciting for a father and son, say, like a, the father who's grown up and said, like, I used to watch him whenever he fought Ric Flair and he fought, you know, Sting yeah. and he was World Heavyweight Champion and then you're saying to your son, you know, right, well, we'll go home and we'll watch some matches. We'll watch Ric Flair against Ricky Steamboat. Yes. I mean, that gets you into new, you know, the, the new in the generation of wrestling fans into the older stuff, exactly. you know. And that's what Operation Retro Shock is about, getting you into the older stuff. Happy ending. Happy ending, indeed. <laughs> We have another show coming up, um, which we shall talk about. In fact, what we'll do is we'll play an audio file for that. Hey, this is Lawrence from Foodie Vegas. We are supporting Bozzy on October 19th and 20th in Southampton and Yeovil. Join me, Chris, and Alan for two shows discussing the awesomeness that is Batman. Don't make it a dark night. Okay, so you can understand now that Lawrence Case is coming on to talk about... Batman. Batman was here? Yes, Batman. Coming here. Now, what we're going to do is... Are you trying to kill him? Stop it. So, um, should we say what we're going to do after the Batman specials, then? Since... Well, there's two kind of plans for after Batman. Because there is going to be, obviously, uh, we've done Nintendo. Yes. We've done Sega. Yeah. So next uh, in the sort of console-specific shows yeah. is PlayStation. One. Uno. <laughs> <laughs> two. Ah, ah, ah. No. No, two is for a different, for a different time. One. What are the games that we're going to do in that one, Chris? The games we're going to do are, my choices are Parappa the Rapper, because you got to believe... And kick punches all in the mind. If you're going to test me, I'm sure you find things to teach you and all that stuff. Ah. <laughs> and then, uh, obviously, the one in the car go like, uh, step on the gas now, step on the brake. Okay, what's your second choice? My second choice is Odd World Abe's Odyssey. Hello, follow me, wait. Okay. And Alan's choices are Ridge Racer. Yes, and what's the other one? One of my ultimate favourite games on the PlayStation 1 alongside the likes of Gran Turismo is Road Rash no is the original driver which is very apt because obviously there is a new driver game coming out in the near future that's correct now obviously there's loads of games like Metal Gear Solid Resident Evil uh, we have covered Resident Evil quite a bit Gran Turismo but what I was going to say before we rudely interrupted is we've already covered them Okay, Bart. Um, we've already covered them on the show, so there's no point us going over old ground. We thought we might as well talk about other things. Um, obviously, with us doing a PlayStation special, we'll also be doing an uh, Xbox special, where it's maybe Xbox One or Xbox 360, that kind of thing. But there's also the plan, because October heralds a certain anniversary of my favourite trilogy of movies. And Chris is just staring like he doesn't care. 
Is this, the, is this the Ernest Goes Camping trilogy? No, it isn't Ernest Goes Camping. It is Ernest Goes to Hollywood. This October <laughs> marks the release of the 25th anniversary <laughs> Back to the Future. <laughs> I was going to do some music behind and then you <laughs> carry on talking, but you just mess it's it all. the 25th anniversary of Back to the Future, and Chris is fitting me off with the music. Um, the Blu ray is being released, obviously, and. Uh, we are going to, obviously, I did in the first episode, number one, the first movie in the Back to the Future trilogy. We will probably skim over that very, very quickly again because we plan to have two guests to join us then, but uh, those will be revealed at a later date. It's not going to be Doc and Brian and Marty McFly, is it? Who told you? <laughs> they came back from the future and told them. Oh, <laughs> uh, but uh, we'll probably skim over the first butthead our two guests and then continue on and talk about the final two movies in the trilogy it sounds like this is going to be Operation Retroshock up until by Christmas time <laughs> like you said prepared underprepared overprepared up and down round about yeah well speaking of, speaking of Operation Retroshock till Christmas obviously our Christmas episode will focus on our classic Christmas movies yeah. So with the likes of say we're we're not really moving f- too far ahead. Yeah. Well, well, the ideas in the pipeline. So if we forget any, we have them recorded. Um, yeah, we're so prepared. But it means that we can talk about certain uh, movies that we love at Christmas. Whether it be Jingle or whether it be Scrooge with the fantastic Bill Murray, whether it be Home Alone, whether it be Carol, whether it be He Man and She-Ra Christmas Special. Yeah, that's my pick. Which you'll find on Master Universe Chronicles commentary with James Bustatoon's e-talk. Can we call it a day? Yes. Okay. One final <laughs> reminder to everybody, once again, go and check out uh, Fozzie's website for all your information on the Let the Madness Begin tour here in the UK this October and future information for all you Aussies about the tour coming your way in Australia. And I'm going to round up by saying I've been Alan Price... I've been Chris Vint, not Chris Jericho. And this has been episode Y2J, and we're out of here. Peace! (laughs) Oh yeah, Alan. Last word. (laughs) 